Hello there. Welcome to Paper Tuesdays. Yes, it's very exciting for you. New year, new you, and you can start it off the right way with Mark Halpin Fitness. You can do your online classes. No, not online, sorry. You can book online for your classes, and they're Monday to Friday, 7, 8, 9. 7, 8, 9, yeah, Monday to Friday. Mm. Book it in, use the app, DM me, or just show up. Yeah, just show up. The app is fairly pointless. (laughs) (laughs) But there's, um, it's very reasonably priced at a a solid 8 euros. 8 euro, and they take a fee off me. Yeah, so So. donations are also welcome. (laughs) (laughs) If you want to pay that extra 60 cent. Mark, monarchy, I wanted to discuss it with you. Because the reason I wanted it was, in two days' time, it's the Feast of the Epiphany. Shout out to the Epiphany guys. And they are the three kings, the Magi. I don't know if that's how you pronounce it, but they're meant to have brought gifts to uh, our Lord Jesus or whatever. And um, it got me thinking, well, why are they kings? Right. Like, because because they're known as the three kings, but what were they kings of? So then I did a little bit of research and it turns out that they were just known as like wise people, that they may not have been kings. They may not have had a kingdom. Right. And another curveball here I'm going to throw in. Right. Um, the... They may not have only, there may not have been three of them. We just know that there were wise men that brought gold, frankincense and myrrh. Right. There so were three the, items. It could have been a whole, it could have been Castletown senior football team and they said, lads, we'll all chip in, send a bit of Revolut and we'll get the lads gold, frankincense and myrrh. Yeah. Like how heavy is gold, frankincense and myrrh? Sure. It could be, it could be a tiny bit in of it. It could be, or it could be a lot, but I'd say, I don't know. Anyway, I don't remember ever, ever hearing they were kings. We three kings of Orient far. Da, 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 da. I don't know the rest I'd of the I'd never words. heard that. <laughs> Did you know? Well, that celebrates the, the myth and the legend of these bad guys. And they only came today. Or in three in, days. In two days. 6th of January. The sixth Epiphany. 6th of January. Yeah. That's not in two days. It's the 4th of January. Oh, I'm sorry. Yes. I've done that thing again. Or <laughs> I talk in the future. We live in the future. Yeah. yeah. Um, <laughs> fuck. So now, but I always thought it was Christmas they came. Jesus was born and they were there the day he was born. Oh, right. So it was birthday presents for Jesus. Birthday presents, yeah. No, 6th of January. I don't know why, yeah. And then you'd wonder, yeah, they were a long time in the manger, weren't they? And are they traditionally like, is, is one of them black? Because <laughs> <laughs> I've seen a nativity scene the other day and one of them was black. And I was like, is this like the new... Uh, culturally acceptable crib or was it always the case we'll like do we have to... descriptions of these three kings no exactly we don't even know if there are three of them so like it's all kind of left up open to interpretation open to interpretation yeah the one so. who shall not be named could be one of the kings yeah definitely i'm betting my money on uh, my bottom dollar that he is one all right yeah we still so, haven't um done the page re- done the page and reveal his name but i think we'll give another clue this week just oh. for people so they could get it right so the setup of the joke that his name is the punchline of, mm. is um, what would happen? Is do, it, do you say his first name in the? No. What would, what hap- would happen if the church burned down? Yeah. What would happen if the church in Gory burned down? Okay. Answers on a postcard, please. <laughs> um, so yeah, that got that got me thinking about the monarchy, and mm. um, it also got me thinking. I, I did a little bit of research, and I know you did too. Mm. But apparently, one of the most interesting facts about monarchy is that uh, I've see, it had its actually. What do you call him? Oh, intelligent man from England, Stephen Fry, I think. Yes. Yeah. Um, he was on a podcast with Jordan Peterson and he was lobbying for monarchy. And he was saying that it is because of monarchy, um, people are extremely happy. That it, the happiest countries in the world, in the world are monarchies. Are monarchs. 
are the happiest people in the world. I'd say they are. I'd say they are. But uh, I was interested then to find that, like, Dane in D- Denmark is a monarch. Is and it? Yeah, it's a monarchy. And its Transparency International has repeatedly found Denmark to be among the least corrupt countries in the world. Mm. And as well as that, um, it's also meant to be one of the happiest countries in the world. Um, so what? What? how do you... Yeah, it's reported to be the happiest country in the world. And as well as that... There are a lot of interesting facts about Denmark that uh, there, it has 14 Nobel laureates, four of them in literature. I don't think we have that many anyway. It's actually one of the highest numbers of Nobel, Nobel laureates per capita in the world. So there are some statistics to anecdotally support this fact that monarchies may be happier than democracies. Yeah. So uh, actually, I'm going to keep going, Mark. I'm not okay. going to let you come in here. No, it's fine. Because I've just remembered one of the most interesting things was I went on to Reddit. That's oh. where we normally do. Oh, yes. There is a monarchy subreddit. Guess how many people are members and followers of this? 90,000. Okay, 30,000. Still a lot of <laughs> people. There, Still a lot of people. <laughs> yeah. I just didn't think monarchy would be as popular a concept. It's big. A lot of people follow big. like the English family and that's their thing. You know, they love... Yeah, but I thought it stopped at like you know, Hello Magazine and that sort of like looking in, uh, peering in. But no, I think people do actually like the idea of a family taking control. They're the sovereign. That's it. Why though? They're, I, they're God's represent. No, they're not. They used to be, wasn't it? It was, they were the closest to God. Yeah. And they have family trees done back as far as they can go and that sort of thing. They try and, you know, that's, that is support, that bolsters their legitimacy, you know, I mm. suppose. And, that's over the years legitimacy has been a big thing it caused many wars between within monarchs and that's um i think that's why that they have to say oh we're we're rooted to god so well like why what what was uh stevens fry's reasoning for monarchy monarchist countries being happier just that you didn't have the rule by oh actually sorry i remember now the example he gave so every week in england Mm. um the prime minister goes in and sits down with the the monarch at the time, and the crown does depicts these exchanges really well. We love watching them. The they crown, oh, the, the crown series. Yeah, 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 yeah. Thatcher and the Queen and the the there was a good the ruly, who ruly was it? Uh, someone was watching the crown. One of the monarchs came up recently, and was it Prince Andrew came up in the news? And oh yeah, someone said, uh, "Oh, but he's very good in the crown." Oh yeah. <laughs> I think that was actually Geraldine Cullen when when Prince Philip died. I, Shout I out Geraldine. Not to give away a name there. Yeah. <laughs> I think. That's uh, funny. Yeah. Um, but well, in the crown. Oh yeah. So the weekly meetings that Stephen Fry then says, you know, because this prime minister isn't answerable in like saying to someone, well, what are you doing this week or what have you done this week? Then it's like because in America there isn't that quality. You don't have someone going into his example was you don't have. Uh, the US president sitting down with Uncle Sam. You just have someone going in. But this interview was conducted before what we've seen lately with Boris Johnson. And like, I don't think Boris Johnson really benefits from his weekly meetings. I think <laughs> no. he could improve maybe a little bit on them. So probably. Yeah. Probably. But that, so that's the premise of it that because there's a weekly form for a, a little bit of accountability and a, a permanent feature, that it's a, it provides stability in a valor. And does the Queen have a lot of scope? It didn't it, seem like decision that. It never seemed like that in the in the crown or anything. It seemed like it was more in terms of like 
say like what was depicted rather strongly in the in the crown was you know like the minor strikes and you know the queen could have been appealing to uh, Thatcher to show more humanity in those in- instances mm. so like th- there was no real power but I suppose in terms of power uh, it could have been soft power in terms of you know um, guiding is her word final though the queen no no it's not she's not just like I don't yes, think no. so I don't think so. There's a there's an annual, again, I'm not an expert in this now, but um, there's an annual ceremony where the Queen, uh, like, uh, appears, the Queen speaks in the Parliament and that, mm. and there is a formality of, like, the Queen approving or renewing Parliament. Mm. Um, but, you know, in this day and age... The, the the form is the form of power is very soft. It, seems. it definitely used to be. They used to have more, a lot more, didn't they? Yeah, I remember reading about Benjamin the Israeli. Oh him. yeah, he's yeah. the man who sort of like swooned the queen and kind of got what he wanted from her just through manipulation or flirting or whatever. Yeah. So it's kind of like that when it comes down to one person, you know, it can be kind of they can have their blinders on as to certain things. So you're making a personal decision about a mass amount of people. So th- there it could be better to kind of have more of a government decentralised decision-making process, which probably they do now. But, uh, like, the the royal family aren't without faults either. Do you know, no. like, with fucking Princess Diana and Harry and Meghan. Mm. It's uh, uh, an issue, I an think. Issue. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, it's... But is that a case that that's... Well, I don't know what to say about Andrew, but say Harry and Meghan. That's not <laughs> subscribing to... They, they they are not really willing to subscribe to monarchy, mm. and I don't think many people are really no in today's we world. We all know it's bollocks, right? How are they driven from God? Whatever. What about makes that? them better? Right. Okay. See, I don't know. If, yeah, it's the position that they hold that I think mm. is fascinating. You know that this that no longer these people are above us. Okay. I see, so now I see kind of where your logic of coming in was like. How are these people from God? Or, or, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's, it's interesting because um, then there was a meme on this monarchy Reddit page, as there are, mm. I'm sure. And like, it was, uh, the, you know, the crying emoji. And it was like, we've had our fifth leader in our democracy and he's uh, he's he's corrupt again or whatever. And it's a yeah, that's why you have a monarchy. <laughs> you know, like, <laughs> that's it then. D- <laughs> debate over. So but yes, that as if like the monarchy has never been corrupt, or King Henry VIII didn't murder all those women. <laughs> Fuck's sake! Do you ever go to the Tower of London? No, it's fascinating. You get to see all the jewels and all, and just the fucking sheer amount of wealth is unbelievable. Mm. And the stuff these lads got away with is crazy as well. Like mm. it's fucking, it, it's rough. Like he was just murdered women who couldn't give him babies, and he buried them all next to each other, like publicly, public assassinations. Yeah, yeah. There was one. I think. I think it was one of King Henry VIII's wives, but he was paying undue. She was paying undue attention to one of his guards, and uh, I don't think what the beef eaters who are like the people who bring you around the Tower of London, the people who've been in the English military for so long. What the 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 frame they were sort of putting on it was that she wasn't like cheating on the king with this lad. But then when he sentenced her to death, he she like kissed him publicly in front of everyone just as he was about to be executed. As just kind of a last fuck you to him, like. <laughs> really? Wow. Yeah. 
That's fascinating. So you're not you're happy enough with democracy. We're going to keep it here for the I, I think so. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Unless what? Flood wants to run for. Oh yeah. Well, if you're speaking of Flood, we may as well throw him in here now. I suppose. Um, what does Santi bring him there? Uh, a hat. This hat. Oh. <laughs> right. <laughs> Something different. The end. <laughs> the end. <laughs> I know, I got lots of stuff. I was very yeah. happy. Ah, good, good, good. Um, where's James? Here he is. It's that shower in my hair. I haven't a fucking Scooby-Doo. Either that or they just don't care and they're sitting up in their big queer building laughing at everyone here in Wexford. Torrential rain. People washed over. Lives destroyed, businesses ruined, and the boys in Met Air didn't give a shit. Never gave us any warning. We were told us nothing about it. But fair play to the council lads and everyone else out doing a bit. Only for them, I tell you something, we'd all be in bother. A big, uh, a big well done to the councilmen and Met Air and need to go and have a good long hard look at themselves in the mirror because they made a sack of it this time. <laughs> A good word about the council. Yeah, yeah. For once. For once, Finally yeah. getting the recognition they deserve. <laughs> Fuck it out. But see, because the rain has caused the potholes in a month's time, they could be in the bad books with our flood because they of could. the potholes. Did you see the Bridgetown in Blackwater? Yeah, went? Bridgetown looked bleak. And the Riverside Hotel. Oh, Jane, I didn't in, see uh, In Escorted, in the bottom floor of that. Completely flood. Oh, Jane. Uh, somewhere else. Where was it? Uh, Toss Burns, there was like five grand oh, worth yeah. of damage done. There was over three foot of water in it. Genie, yeah. man. Yeah, it was up to like the halfway up the front door. And Springbound Garden Centre? Yeah, yeah, that's the other one I was thinking yeah. of. Genie. Destroyed it. Completely out of nowhere. Yeah. That's rough. Uh, just on monarchies, Michael. Mm. So there's more monarchies than England, apparently. Uh, right. So here are the nine of the worst monarchs in history. Okay. So the first one was Gaius Caligula. Have you heard of this no. one? From 12 AD to 41 AD. Uh, after promising... Sorry, there are plenty of other contenders for worse Roman Empire, Nero and Commodus, for example, but Caligula's mad reign set a high standard. After promising to start his reign, he seems to have set out specifically to intimidate and humiliate the Senate and high command of the army. He gave grave offence, least not, not least in Jerusalem, by declaring himself a god. Even the Romans normally only recognised deification after death Caligula instituted a reign of terror throughout arbitrary arrest through arbitrary arrest for treason much of his predecessor Tiberius had done much as his predecessor had done it was also widely rumoured that he was engaged in incest with his sisters and that he lived a life of sexual debauchery and this may well be true the story of his making his the story of his making his horse a consul Meanwhile, may have been exaggerated, but it was not out of character. Caligula's unforgivable mistake was to jeopardise Rome's military reputation by declaring a sort of surreal war on the sea, ordering his soldiers to wade in and splash at the waves with their swords and collecting chests full of seashells as the spoils of his victory over the god Neptune, king of the sea, and his failed campaign against the Germans, for which he, will for which he still awarded himself a triumph. He was assassinated by the Praetorian Guard in AD 41. Wow. Genie. Uh, the next one here is Pope John Paul. Sorry, Pope John the Twelfth. Okay. Do you yeah. know about this? I think I do. Go on, tell us. 
I think there was like wild scenes of debauchery. Oh, uh, we'll find out. Even after, sorry, even by the lax standards of the medieval papacy, John XII stands out as a disaster of the highest order. He was elected Pope at the ripe old age of 18 as part of a political deal with the Roman nobility and he inherited a conflict of control over Italy between the papacy and the Italian King Berengarius. John had the support of the powerful German Emperor Otto I, who swore to defend John's title, but John himself was too taken up with a life of drunken sex parties in the Letarian to care too much either way. He recovered from his hangover enough to accept Otto's oath of undying loyalty and then promptly linked up behind Otto's back with his enemy, Bergarius. Understandably annoyed, Otto had John overthrown and accused, among other things, of simony, which is clerical corruption, murder, perjury and incest, and he replaced him with the new Pope, Leo VIII. However, John made a comeback and had Leo's supporters punished ruthlessly. One cardinal had his hand cut off and he had a bishop whipped. (laughs) Full-scale war broke out between John and Otto until John unexpectedly died in bed with another man's wife, or so rumour has it. What year was that, Mark? Uh, That was 954 to 964. My God. Back in music, RIP for King Pope John. Uh, will we take a few more? Oh, yeah, 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 absolutely. Uh, King John was 1199 to 1216. The reign of King John is a salutary reminder that murder and treachery may, may possibly be forgiven in a monarch but not incompetence. John was the youngest and favourite son of Henry II, but he had not been entrusted with any of the lands and was mockingly nicknamed John Lackland. <laughs> <laughs> He tried unsuccessfully to seize power while his brother Richard I was away on crusade and was sent to exile upon Richard's return. On his ascension, on accession, John had his own nephew Arthur murdered, fearing Arthur might pursue his own much better claim to the throne, and he embarked on a disastrous war with King Felipe Auguste of France, in which he lost the whole of Normandy. This singular act of incompetence depraved the barons of an important part of their power base, and he alienated them further with arbitrary demands for money and even by forcing himself on their wives. In exasperation, they forced him to accept Magna Carta. Sorry, this is why was King John murdered. Or sorry, was he murdered? In exasperation, they forced him to accept Magna Carta no sooner than he had sealed it. However, then he went back on his word and plunged the country into a maelstrom of war and French invasion. Some tyrants have been rehabilitated by history, but not John. Uh... So I think he is connected. I think he built a castle in Limerick. Did he? King, he did. John, King John. Just King John. No numbers. No numbers. He was numbers. the first then, was he? I think so, yeah. Mm-hmm. I think there's only been one. Let's see, is there any good ones here? I just want to see ones with rape and sex in them. Oh, here we have Ivan the Terrible. Okay. Who is okay. Ivan the Fourth? That's 1547 to 84. Prince Ivan Vasilyevich grew up in the hazardous court of Moscow, his life often in danger from rivalry of the boyars, who were the nobles. It gave him a lifetime hatred, lifelong hatred of the nobility and a deep streak of ruthless cruelty. Aged 13, he had one boyar eaten alive by dogs. Ivan was prince of Muscovy from 1533, and in 1547 he was crowned Tsar, which is the emperor of all of Russia, the first ruler to hold the title. He crushed the boyars, stealing their lands to give to his own followers. He also condemned millions of Russians to a permanent state of serfdom. Rough-looking man, look. Yeah, you wouldn't want to meet him. Uh, Ivan took a vast area of Russia as his personal domain, patrolled by a mounted police force with carte blanche to arrest and execute as they liked. 
distrusting the city Novograd of Novograd, he had it violently sacked and his in and its inhabitants massacred, and he embarked on a disastrous and ultimately unsuccessful series of wars with Russia's neighbours. Ivan beat up his own pregnant daughter-in-law and killed his son in a fit of rage. Ivan was in many ways an able ruler, but his ruthlessness, paranoia, and taste for blood earned him a place in this list. You've probably heard of this next one. Mm. Mary, Queen of Scots. Right, yeah, um, right on to her, yeah, okay. 1542-67. to 67. We are so familiar with the drama and tragedy of Mary, Queen of Scots' reign that it is easy to overlook the blindingly obvious point that she was absolutely useless as Queen of Scotland. <laughs> <laughs> Admittedly, ruling 16th century Scotland was no easy task and it was made harder for Mary by the stern Presbyterian leader, John Knox, and her violent, boorish husband, Lord Darnley. I went to a Presbyterian Mass once in... I told you before, have I? No. You were there. In Florida. Oh, yes. It was Easter Sunday, and we weren't going to miss Mass on Easter Sunday, apparently. So my dad drove around Florida for like two hours, probably more, to find a church, a Catholic church. And then he found a Presbyterian one, which for some reason, like, he was, like, close enough. So we went in there, <laughs> and it was all these uh, African-Americans in the robes and stuff. Oh, wow. And they were, like, clapping and singing and chanting. And one hour went by, and, like, I was sick of, I'd be sick of Mass after half an hour, like, and one hour went by, and, like, that was, like, ah, sure, it's nearly over. Another hour went by, and he's like, right, we'll give it five more minutes. We waited another 20 minutes, and it still wasn't over, so we walked out. <laughs> for, like, two and a half hours of just singing and clapping. We don't even know what God we were praising. Uh, was it good singing? It was good, actually. It yeah. was. It was very entertaining. But, God, the energy of those people keep that going for that long. Uh, anyway, back to Mary. <laughs> Uh, nevertheless, Mary showed none of her cousin Elizabeth the first political skills in diffusing religious or factional conflict. She headed into the pointless confrontation with Knox and the Presbyterians. At a time when female rule was generally regarded with suspicion in any case, she played up to the stereotype by appearing to live in a cosy world of favourites, including her unfortunate Italian guitar player, David Rislow. Uh, Mary suspected involvement in the spectacular murder of Darnley. On 10th of February 1567 was a political mistake of her first order. Her marriage three months later to the main suspect, the Earl of Bothwell, was an act of breathtaking stupidity. It is hardly surprising that the Scots overthrew Mary and locked her up. Having escaped, she, managed, she, was mad, she was mad to throw away her advantage by going to England, where she could only be regarded as a threat, instead of to France, where she would have to be welcomed with open arms. I don't know who this is. Uh, Queen Ranavalona I of Madagascar. Oh, So 1828-61. At a time when Europeans were spending their colonial holdings around the world, Queen Ravalona was able to keep Madagascar free of British and French control, but she did so by establishing a rule so ruthless that it's been estimated that her it has been estimated that the population of her kingdom was halved during her reign. <laughs> during her reign, Queen Ravalona managed to maintain her power by retaining loyalty of the Malagasy army and imposing regular periods of forced labor on the rest of the population in lieu of taxation. On one notorious occasion, she organized a buffalo hunt for herself, her nobles and the families and their followers. And she insisted that an entire road be built in front of the party for them all to advance to the hunt in comfort. An estimated 10,000 people died carrying out this particular force of folly. Queen Ravalona faced several plots and at least one serious coup attempt. As she grew more paranoid, she, was forced, she forced more people to undergo the notorious Tagena test eating three pieces of chicken skin before swallowing a poisonous nut that caused the victim to vomit. If it did not actually poison them, which it often did. If all three pieces were not found in the vomit, the victim was executed. Oh my gosh. 
Having encouraged Christianity at the start of her reign, Queen Ravalona changed policy and instituted ruthless persecution of native Christians. <laughs> she survives all plots against her and died in her bed. Oh. And their last one then is King Leopold of Belgium, 1865 to 1909. Leopold's place in this list results not from his rule in Belgium, but from the crimes he committed in the enormous kingdom he carved out for himself in the Congo. Right. He obtained the territory by international agreement and named the Congo Free State. It was not a Belgian colony, but the king's personal fiefdom. Do you know what that means? Fiefdom. Fiefdom. Like his own... Playground? He, yeah. yeah. The CFS, short for Congo Free State, was presented to the world as a model of liberty and prosperity devoted to the elimination of slavery. Only gradually did the world learn that it was in fact a slave state in which the Congolese were ruled by terror. As Leopold raked in the riches from Congo's enormous reserves of copper, ivory and rubber, the Congolese were forced to work by wholesale malnutrition, sorry, mutilation of their wives and children, usually by chopping off their hands and feet. Mutilation was also widely used as punishment for workers who ran away or collected less than their quota. An investigation by the British Consular Officer Roger Casement revealed that the Brit Belgian, Belgian force public regarded the Congolese as more than animals and to be killed for sport, as little more than animals and to be killed for sport. The king fought a high-profile battle to prevent details of his reign in Congo from being made public and it took an international campaign to force him to hand Congo over to the Belgian government. Leopold's name is forever associated with the Congolese reign of terror and that alone justifies his inclusion in this list. Oh, very interesting. Yeah. Our granddad was in the Congo. Was it? Yeah, I, re I remember vaguely Dad telling me something. Wasn't there a lot of Irish, or sorry, around 12 Irish soldiers were killed yeah. in the Congo in a, an ambush. But I think he was supposed to be on that or something. And I think my dad was being born, so he had to come back for that. Oh. So he wasn't in, he would have been in that ambush, something like that. That might have not been the reason he came back, but I think he was supposed to be in that fleet that got massacred. Yeah. Did you ever see that uh, film? Age of Jordan yes. I'm watching now. Yeah, it's supposed to be very good. Yeah, it is very good. We watched it, didn't we? Oh. So it's Congo. <laughs> uh, it's a separate conflict. In they didn't die in it, but basically, like the Irish soldiers in it were like under attack in it, mm. and there was little support from the UN. And then when they came back, because they ended up like killing, it it, it was a messy affair that like they they came back and their names weren't really cleared were a little bit tarnished it seemed and like there has been a campaign for years for um those soldiers to have medals in their honor mm. um, so they still haven't gone i don't think so I'm not too sure um but that's the mess that's the messiness of war what strikes me about all those is like that's all their reaction to power mm. um and power is the most difficult thing in these circumstances isn't it when you look back at that king um or your man the, the pope um, mm. Like how how do you think we should handle power, Mark? How do I think we should handle power? I don't know. I I think um, how do you handle it? Mm. I was who? What was I fucking listening to the other day? But they were talking about uh, kind of the dangers of social media and the way the online world is going, and that generally people actually this is a fucking idiot. I was listening to talking about this, but it, it raised an interesting point. Was that? Uh, Previously, power were, were, was given to alpha male figures, the hunter-gatherers, the ones who go out and like you know catch the food or whatever. But now it's being given to sort of beta male figures through the online world. 
people that would just kind of sit in the room all day and not go out or not work hard or stuff like this. So it's like, is there more chance of power being abused by someone who the alpha male type figure or the beta male type figures? Someone who has never had power, maybe someone who's like quiet, introverted, bullied in school, and now they have power over the most important things in the world at the minute. Where right. previously it was like the providers that had power. Yeah. And now it's changing. And like, is the, which is more dangerous. Does that come from like the comforts that we have in society? Like yeah. in general, we're, we're fortunate enough to, yeah. Definitely. But you know, like previously leaders and the ones with power were the, the outspoken, the, the, you know, high and extra, extroversion, whatever, you know, they were the, the leaders out in public forum, whereas yeah. now they're people locked away in their bedrooms or the people with power with no real accountability for their actions. Right. And like, are we thinking like tech platform holders and this sort? Like, yeah, yeah. Right. Okay. It's a, it's a thought. Yeah. But, yeah. Yeah. Like who's more likely to abuse their power as someone who maybe has been kind of an outcast their whole life and now has power. Yes. Yeah. But I still think of like Boris Johnson is in that position of accountability and he's just going to survive it. He will survive it's the same thing as what Donald Trump about shooting the someone down on Fifth Avenue and you get away with it. Like it's the same I think the same aura applies. Isn't it weird though how like negative public image is almost propelling people further now than positive? Yeah. Like the more controversy there is around Donald Trump or there is around Boris Johnson the more notoriety they get. Yeah, but does it come back to bite you on the arse in the end? Like, Trump didn't get in the same, you know, does, like, does it catch up on you? Yeah. Uh, yeah. See, I don't know. I don't know. Mm. Even look at, like, the, just celebrity in general. People get more famous for the more controversy there is around them. Yeah. Like your man Jake Paul, Conor McGregor, Boris yeah. Johnson, Donald Trump. The most famous people in the world are people that are seen as bad people, most powerful people. And the, the more attention they get, the way the world is now, the more money they can make through the attention they get. Okay, so you think we're kind of in an attention economy more than anything? Yeah, I think so. And positive attention is probably less uh, less valuable. Yeah, in a sense, not valuable in the word of true value, like, but valuable in terms of the numbers it can bring you in terms of attention. Yeah, because it's it's undersold or it's understated or yeah. Yeah, Gary V actually posted a reel about this only yesterday day um, about how you know he's putting out all this positive, practical optimism and that sort of thing. Mm -hmm. But someone he met was like, "But no one else does it," and like it yeah. seems like you're a voice in the wilderness then or whatever. Yeah. But um, Oh, I think he's doing well enough to have You're on led the way. Do you know Dan Bilzerian? No. The man with all the women. I may show him. Right. He's this uh, American po poker player. Or he was a poker You know who Dan Bilzerian yeah, is. Yeah. yeah. He apparently made all his money playing poker, but he also had a very rich father, so he had a trust fund as well. Right. But like, you can have a quick stroll through his Instagram. He just, he has like all these women and guns and parties and he's a multimillionaire. And... Uh, very famous, very wealthy, but I was listening to him on a podcast with Jordan Belfort, The Wolf of Wall Street. Oh, right. And he was basically talking about this sort of negative attention, like, you know, Annie, what's it called? Annie... Is this that married? <laughs> no, he's <Don't>. definitely not. <laughs> <laughs> he's 
definitely yeah. not. Uh, but he was saying that, you know, you save 50 whales and no one cares, you kill one and you're on CNN. Okay, right. So, And he was saying that... But he was bragging about that. He was embracing that. Yeah, or? no, he hasn't killed a whale. But like, he no, gets but... uh, a lot of like negative <laughs> stuff for the stuff he puts on Instagram. Yeah, he has right. like thirty million followers. Okay. And that's how he monetizes that. Okay. Because of the shit people give him for that, but he's just partying, you know, with all these women and guns and money. Okay. And the more people complain about him, the more, and he understands that, like. Okay. You know, and that was his, his uh, sort of analogy he gave for it. Yeah. Just kind of the world we live in. But still, would you? So, okay, right, let's go here now. I'm not saying it's morally corrupt. No, I, I don't mean that either. Um, <laughs> I don't fuck do, But Mark Halpert, does Mark Halpert, would you want to be Dan Bilizarian? Uh, would you get a kick out of it? I'd say maybe a day. A day, yeah. Yeah, I get tired of I'm it. I'm looking at it there and like, it's a different woman that he's on the couch with and then he's in the speed jet ski with someone else and like, you get confused. You forget yeah. the names. I think he whatever. had 50 women on the go at one stage. Right. He was saying this podcast, but uh, yeah, what's your question? Yeah, no, I, I won't get sick of it. Like, <laughs> yeah, I just think that, yeah, I, I don't like that. Life wouldn't appeal to it. I know there's a lot of positives there, but like, I like the ash, <laughs> <laughs> I like the ash. One is enough work, <laughs> <laughs> but so, um, monarchy, like. Mm. Uh, I have another few things here. Yeah. Like, uh, there's a few things like, um, on the 2nd of June, 1953, that was selected for the coronation of Queen Elizabeth II because meteorologists had said that it was most consistently sunny day in the calendar. However, it rained on the day. Um, Elizabeth I was all for bowling, dice, playing cards and fencing clubs, while the majority and aldermen of London were not. I don't know what that has to do with anything. <laughs> this is apparently an interesting fact that I got from. <laughs> Just on the months, there are two months in the year named after people. Do you know what they are? July, I'm going to guess, and August. Yes, well done. Right. Two Caesars. Two Caesars. Julius Caesar and his nephew Augustus. Yeah. Yep. Okay, good. That uh, came up in a game I was playing the other night. All right. Are you dumber than a box of rocks? <laughs> so like the answer is always between like zero and two and there's two rocks and you put them in a box and they have like a number on it so you say like one or two for whatever the answer is you shake the box and the box will say like one or two or zero and then you move up the board and the bo- we lost the box of rocks I think okay <laughs> <laughs> they'll come up with anything now we had a right game there um, uh, the meme I was thinking in business terms I was thinking um, we can make an Irish version Um <laughs> What does the meme say or something like that? What do you mean? What do you mean? Mm. Yes, yeah, yeah. So there's a little stand that you have and a meme comes out and then it's like Cards of Humanity. You have to um, you have to then put down the best, most appropriate meme. Yeah, image. we could do a gory one of that. Gory one, yeah. yeah. We could have like Fab. And- fab, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so what was That's asking bad. me last night actually, uh, Kenneth was asking me, it's like, so... Do you know, do you do much prep for this podcast and like uh, what's what he's talking about tomorrow and all? And I was like, well, like we have a team, but it always just comes back to Fab O'Brien. <laughs> <laughs> That's lovely. I like that. Yeah. Homely. Um, but yeah, uh, the Danish constitution, their monarch is not answerable for his or her actions. His or her person is sacrosanct. That means it's sacred above and beyond criticism, change or interference. <laughs> It's some power position, isn't it? Is it a king or a queen in Denmark? Oh, that's a great question. I think it's a king because I think they have a king and a queen. 
But they have a four-day work week, don't they? Do they? I think, yeah. Denmark has the highest, or sorry, the best work to life or whatever it's called ratio. Work-life balance, that's it. Right. Uh, I think it's four days a week and I think they have like maybe shorter days in the winter. I'm not sure. And that's where Copenhagen is, isn't it? Yeah. Everyone cycles everywhere. Yeah, big cyclists. And uh, but it rains or snows every second day. I would not be able for that. Year round, four days of precipitation in two thousand nine. Fuck. Yeah, some going. Yeah. Um, we we're probably not far off. We we can't be. It's been quite a long winter. Long old winter. We're out the back arse with no. Oh, we are. I don't yeah. know. Yeah. That's probably not a saying. <laughs> <laughs> Have we any other? Um, Thoughts, Mark Alpin? Yeah, so I have another yoke here. Oh, yeah, go. History is truly insane ruler. I read a post. Right. So someone here has said Turkmen, Turkmenbashi Soup, and then there's another name there from the former dictator of Turkmenistan. A few things he did include naming slash renaming anything, sorry, many things after himself, including a large town, the airport in the capital city, countless streets, schools, and that kind of thing, a meteorite, and the month of January. <laughs> he also renamed Bread and April after his mother. Oh, that's nice. He made a legal, a legal requirement that his face be displayed on every clock and watch. <laughs> he, he wrote a book called Ru Namna, which was apparently an attempt to, at creating a new religious text. It's required reading for everyone in Turkmenistan and must be displayed prominently in government offices. Mosques are required to display it next to the Quran. Citizens of Turkmenistan were required to memorize it in order to graduate from school or get a driver's license. He even decreed that reading it was a requirement for entering heaven. He banned newscasters from wearing makeup. He did this because he said he could not tell male and female anchors apart, which made him uncomfortable. When did this ban live? <laughs> I'll look it up there in a second, I didn't say. Uh, he outlawed gold teeth and fillings, saying the citizens should chew on bones to prevent tooth decay because dogs chew on bones and their teeth don't fall out. <laughs> he ordered that an ice palace be built in the middle of the desert. <laughs> I'll look this up now. Turkmenabashi. Sounds a bit like Mr. Finn. <laughs> You might have to bleep that out. Oh, there's so, uh, Saparanat. Uh, he died on the 21st of December 2006. Oh, yes, right. Not long ago. Um, another one I have here is, uh, have you ever heard of Charles II, King of Spain? No. So he's the most inbred monarch in the world. And apparently he's more, the way his bloodlines worked, because this is the way the Spanish monarchy worked it, they, they all married their siblings to keep the bloodlines tight. So Charles was the result of 200 years of inbreeding. And apparently oh he was genetically more inbred than uh, the child of a brother and a sister. Oh my gosh. <laughs> and did he have any physical characteristics about it? That's what he looked like. Okay. Right. Yeah. Not a handsome fella. Uh, Charles II of Spain at the age of four could barely walk as he was still breastfeeding. At the age of nine, he couldn't read or write, and he died at the age of 38, and his death led to the War of Spanish Succession, killing between 400 and 700,000 people. Oh my gosh. So Charles II's most prominent feature was his jaw, known as the Hadsburg Jaw. That was their family name. He, that identified him as part of his royal family. His two rows of teeth could not meet. The king was unable to chew his food. Charles II's tongue was so huge that he could barely speak. He was not allowed to walk until he was almost fully grown, and his family didn't bother to educate him. The king was illiterate and totally dependent on those around him. Depression was a common thing among the Hadsburgs. So was gout, dropsy and epilepsy. 
The lower jaw was the kicker though, as it made Charles II seem stunted. His ministers and advisors suggested the next move in Charles II's Spain reign was to marry a second wife. Charles II of Spain was impotent and could not father children. It was part of his family legacy of inbreeding. He probably suffered from two genetics disorders. First, there was a combined pituitary hormone deficiency, a disorder that made him short, impotent, infertile, weak, and have a, most, have a host of digestive problems. The other disorder was distal renar tubular acidosis, a condition marked by blood in the urine, weak muscles, and having an abnormally large head compared to the rest of his body. Mother Ireland. Yeah, that was the king. Right. And um, I was also struck that, like, we must have a strange relationship with monarchy here, like, because we lash out at monarchy and, like, have you, has that ever struck you, Bar? Yeah, we probably have a large disdain for it, I suppose. Yeah. Was there king? Was there kings in Ireland before we were taken over by? There were Gaelic chieftains, and there was all thing the 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 king's um, inaugurations. Like I love this. Right. Um, like they'd have the Keane family up in um, the O'Kanes up in Tyrone. They were so highly regarded by the O'Neills that the O'Kane would throw a shoe over the shoulder of the incoming O'Neill. Uh, to so, say this lad's a right fella, he's a good fella, he's good enough now. And let him in. <laughs> throw uh, a shoe over it, like. You throw a boot over him and then there'll be oh! <laughs> Right, get that man a bottle of pop. You know? <laughs> Great excitement. So that's the legacy of the O'Kanes. Um, what else? The Chieftains. There was an inauguration site um, near the Gap pub, of course. Really? Yeah. So there was, they get a big enough site, there was a big massive mound of rocks, eventually it was quarried away, but like, um, they're all, you can imagine like all the horses and all the people going up to the top of the site, uh, to the summit, inaugurating the new chieftain of the clan. Um, the E. Kinsella clan was uh, inaugurated there. Philly. Yeah. Philly. Philly. Philly was, <laughs> that's where Philly was that's inaugurated. That's the royal bloodline in Philly, Kinsella. Yeah. Yeah. We, um, just this has nothing to do with that. Well, a little bit, but kind of like Irish history and like, uh, so apparently my grandfather's father was born in North Kerry and he was the youngest of nine. I think youngest nine, yeah. And he never met his sixth oldest siblings because they had all went to America oh, before he was born. And uh, they were all told that he, uh, three of the brothers died in a car crash in New York because that's where they went. And then recently one of dad's relatives in Kerry went to America and found the records and the three brothers were actually killed in a shootout with the mob in Philadelphia. No way. Yeah. In the one shootout. Genie Mark. Yeah. So, they so did they it. get in, how were they connected to the mob? Were they in cahoots? What was <laughs> no, going? no, sorry, they were, they were police officers. Oh, right. Yeah. <laughs> Genie, man. It's crazy, isn't it? And so, they all entered the police. Wow. Yeah. And they thought they just went to New York and died in a car crash there. There That's are amazing. Cops in Philadelphia that got killed. Cheney, mate. Yeah. It's very interesting. That's fascinating. Yeah. And that's not that long ago. Imagine never meeting six of your older siblings. Yeah. It's hard to imagine that, isn't mm. it? Yeah. Um, Mark, what have we learned today? Um, inbreeding is bad. Yeah. It's um, a solid lesson. You wouldn't trade places with Dan Bilzerian? No, no. <laughs> happy enough. And... Um, we still haven't figured out whether we want to exchange democracy for monarchy. No. No. We don't. We still haven't found out who is your man who shall not be named. Mm. you have to subscribe to the Patreon to find out more there. You will. But uh, have a lovely day now. You Mind too. Yourself. Happy New Year. Close the door on the way out. If you don't <laughs>